This week we saw booster shots, a failed committee, and Liz Cheney being removed of her no point three spot. You're listening to Politics Schmaltics and this is the week of five, twenty three, twenty twenty one. It has finally happened. Yes, indeed. Liz Cheney has lost her spot as no point three in the GOP, at least in the House of Representatives. And before I continue farther into that story, I just want to say, um, sorry for not uploading for these last two weeks. One week was Eid, and I just wanted to take that week off. And the other week, I was too submerged in family activities. But either way, I hope to make it up with this week where I'll be covering three weeks, the week before last week, and this week because I'm actually going to go on a trip to Colorado with my family so I won't be able to upload an episode. So I'm making this one in advance to cover this week. That was a bit complicated. But either way, let us continue. Miss Cheney, she has lost her spot at no point three in the House of Representatives. It's comparable to taking an aunt out of your family just because she bought you a Christmas present that you weren't looking forward to. That actually probably wasn't the best example. But as I said, these are two comparable items. Did Liz Cheney deserve what she got? Yes and no in a way. Yes, because it's the Republican Party and whatever they decide has to be right because it's their own party. They make the rules. They don't have to follow anyone else's rules. If they don't like what she did, she's out. Absolutely their choice. And no, because the only reason this happened is because the entire Republican Party is in a mad act. All they're trying to do is they're just acting so they can keep their base of supporters because if they go against Trump, they go against the entire party pretty much at this point. Every single senator and representative out there, they all of them, they know that this election was rigged, but none of them are speaking out, except Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. Okay, fine. A couple of them are speaking out, <laughs> but so many of them aren't speaking out, and they're brainwashing their supporters into believing that this is true, and America's in a weird position, people. Either way, as Liz Cheney showed, if you speak out, you're done for. And uh, she now, she's still in the House of Representatives. She didn't just like entirely lose her position, but she's no no more longer the no point three Republican in the House of Representatives. Liz Cheney, she didn't go out down without a fight. She gave a speech emboldening the fact that the election was rigged and in any way, you can't stand with both lies and the Constitution at once. Republicans in the room, they probably didn't even pay attention to a single word she just said. <laughs> they just removed her either way. It's like she gave a speech and they don't even care because they had their minds made. Either way, this is someone with for so long you agreed with, respected, and all of these people, they actually voted her to that position. And then you remove her just because she's speaking the truth. And even if she wasn't speaking the truth, if it's someone who is respected and ranked so highly amongst your party, couldn't you have at least thought into what she said, like taken it into consideration? Either way, it doesn't seem very likely that Cheney will stay in office after this. The midterms are coming up and she has to run for re-election. And she has a lot of people that she needs to face in this, in these midterms. I don't really know why Democrats are sad that she's gone. Because she would never side with Democrats in any of the votes. And she, never, she rarely did side with Democrats in votes. 
And now in her position, we have someone who is much more neutral. And it's actually not confirmed if Stefanik will take her place yet, but it's just what's probably going to happen. Either way, we should be happy that she's gone <laughs> from that point of power because now we have somebody who's more willing to vote with us. Either way, this is a pretty good example of what the GOP went through, starting from 2008 when people were making conspiracy theories over whether Obama was actually born in the United States, to now, where they removed a member of their own party for simply speaking out. And in those 12 years, Trump had a humongous influence on the party and it's just so weird they started with claiming a birth certificate they started with asking to see a birth certificate and now it's gone out to 70 percent of the party believing that the last election was rigged and trust me this is america election would never be rigged it's too safe of a country possibility So that was pretty much it for this week. But before I finish up the episode, I... Wait, I just realized I said that was pretty much it for this week. No, let's restart this again. Okay, yeah. That was pretty much it for these last three weeks. But before we end the episode, I still have three weekly roundups which cover the past three weeks. And we're going to begin with COVID-19 vaccine booster shots. That was a long title. It's come to about eight months after the first vaccine doses were given to people, and the topic of vaccine boosters have come up again. The vaccine, which I actually got last Tuesday, it gives you immunity from the virus for only a limited amount of time, and about after a year, that starts wearing off. After that, you need a booster to make sure that you still have immunity from the virus. And we have um, the original pharmaceutical companies who have made the vaccines. So Pfizer, Moderna, Biotech, Johnson & Johnson, all of these companies are making um, prototypes and they're trying to see if they can make other yearly vaccines that we have to take and put it into one shot. So like we have to take influenza vaccines yearly, you have to take the flu shot. They're trying to see they can mix that together so you can take it all in one shot and still be safe and that would make it much more convenient to get all of these vaccines okay after that i have two more stories there was originally going to be this plan a bipartisan committee which is basically just an unbiased committee that's appointed by members of congress and this committee was going to investigate what happened at the capitol on the now famous date of january 6th 2021. Now, while that plan might have passed through the House of Representatives, leaders in both the Senate and the House from the GOP have advised their members to vote against it, and a whole lot of people who are willing to vote with the bill, they changed their mind. At first, they were like, oh yeah, maybe we should add some changes. Now they're just like playing out, no, we're not doing this anymore. It it did pass through the House of Representatives. It still needs to pass the Senate, but that's unlikely because 10 Republicans are needed with the 50 Democrats, and after seeing what happened with Liz Cheney, I'm pretty sure that only senators that have a population that supports them and a population that is neutral and a population that is fine with them occasionally voting with the Democrats, that's those are the only senators that will stay and actually vote with the Democrats. All the others will be scared or they just don't want to do it in the first place. Either way, (laughs) that was that story, and I want to finish it off. It's not, like, super related to American politics, 
but I, w- I wanted to focus on this story just a little bit. Israel and Palestine are two countries who for more than 50 years now have been having constant conflict. It's both a religious and political problem, and last week protests broke out again over citizens losing their homes, and protests turned into full-fledged battles between the country of Israel and Hamas, a militant group that controls the capital of Palestine, which is Gaza. Violence between these two countries isn't very new, but it's been the first clash, the first clash that's gone this big in around seven entire years, which is a pretty long time. Palestinians were sick of their treatment in the West Bank, and what was really the match to the fire or the excuse that Hamad needed was Hamas, sorry, not Hamad. The excuse that Hamas needed was the Israeli government. They were making Palestinians who hadn't done anything wrong destroy their homes or they could be destroyed by the Israeli government, but the people would have to pay a fine. And they were doing this because they thought that where all these homes were, it looked ugly. Really, what type of government does that? They wanted to do it because it didn't look good for tourists. These people, they've been living here for so long, and the fact that this land wasn't even originally yours, and you took it from them, makes this a whole lot more unreasonable. Either ways, this has a lot of backgrounds in it, going to the 1950s and the Six-Day War, but this is a weekly roundup, and I can't talk about it too much, but I promise if this topic ever comes up again, we'll go deeper because it's an emotional topic and it's a deep topic that involves a lot of background information to fully understand. Either ways, that was pretty much it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to join our mailing list. All you have to do is send an email to politics2020 at gmail.com. Also, feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps make the podcast bigger. Feel free to spread the word. Feel free to send feedback using the same email, as I said before, politicsschmalltics2020 at gmail.com. You're listening to Politics Schmalltics, and this was the week of a lot of weeks, but we're just going to call it week of 5, 23, 2021.